Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm very familiar with you as a yoga instructor because that's how I met you. You're an amazing yoga instructor and been nothing but kind to me since I've met you, which is one reason why I was really interested in digging a little deeper into getting to know who you are and what what you're about and everything that you're involved in. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you kind of came into your yoga journey and your entrepreneur journey as well? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, um, you know, I discovered Core Power when I came to Austin, but I've been practicing yoga uh, in Manhattan, in New York, where I've been, I was living in Manhattan full time since 2006. Um, I'm from there, um, but uh, I had went to, I went I to school that. in New Jersey for a while. Yeah, I went to school in New Jersey for a while and I was back in Manhattan in 2006. Um, but my family's overseas in Paris and France, um, but uh, I've been living here. I love Bikram. That was my claim to fame when it came to yoga and I was in the hospitality industry. So I spent my entire the past 15 years working at, you know, bars and restaurants in the city, uh, in Manhattan. And I worked for a Michelin star restaurant group for wow. 10 years. Fast paced lifestyle, um, so, girlfriend, a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a little bit different, you know, corporate fine dining, high end, you know, my life was all about, you know, the guests and when they arrived, who they were dining with, what they were allergic to. And let me tell you, I would sweat bullets if I thought, you know, there was an almond flour and a piece of a <laughs> that they ate and I wouldn't sleep at night. And I'm just like, what the hell am I, I doing with my sleep. life? I can't do this oh anymore. Um, we had started, I met my husband in New York and Central Park. Actually, we have kind of like a very interesting, I, I call my Casablanca love story because oh. from Morocco. And we, yeah, we met in the park and he had a very entrepreneurial spirit when he came to New York because, you know, New York is really hard, man. You got to hustle. And, you know, I work, was working two jobs. I worked for a doctor doing laser hair removal for a couple of days a week. I worked at the restaurant at night and I always kind of had my own thing going as far as like as making does everybody that You have to have that, yeah. man. You have to have two or three jobs even to afford like a 500 square foot space. I have a, a few girlfriends yeah. that live there and they're, you know, like we're in our thirties now and they're still hustling with like four roommates. I'm like, no, thank you. There's got to come a point where that becomes too much. I know. You know, I was always really lucky that I always had really, really great paying gigs like at the restaurant. And but, you know, just as much, just as fast as that money comes in and that lifestyle, it goes right back out like the same day. Oh, of course. It's just a 360. And so anyway, so my husband had this very entrepreneurial spirit and I always loved design and I used to draw and paint, not anything like professionally, but it was always just like very creative side to me and I always loved colors and sketching and all different kinds of like geometric patterns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he had an idea to start our own line of hand-woven Moroccan rugs, which was our first business together. And we started working with a cooperative in a very remote rural area in the Wazerzadad region of Morocco in Tesnaft. And we had a partner there and I used to do the designs, send them to this Berber tribe of women that would take anywhere between 
between one month to three months to oh, create wow. the pieces, they would send them back to me. And then we would sell them in retail markets in Manhattan. Gorgeous. And this Which, is- let me tell you something. Selling, you know, huge 10 foot by 13 <laughs> foot rugs in New York when you have no car and you're taking them on the train and oh, carts and taxis. And that we were just like looking at each other at one point and me like hustling the rugs, like not realizing that like opening up a Moroccan rug shop in Manhattan, is like kind of like putting a jewelry stand on 46th Street in the Diamond oh District. Oh my gosh. Like, Wait, is this, me, is this the, I want to plug this in. Is this the Magic Carpets? Magiccarpets.com? That is, is that magic the stuff? Carpets. Okay, that is cool, the cool. Magic Carpets. Magic with the K, yeah. um, magic carpets, magic with the K. So I got my website up, you know, it's still a dream of mine to reincorporate the home decor into my current business, Mizzle Palo Santo, which hence the name, the house of Palo Santo, because it's all about, you know, the comfort of the home and having, you know, unique pieces that are quality, genuine, and mm-hmm. that you can support a local community by, you know, working with. So we were funded by a nonprofit actually, which is how we started our first business by a great organization called T. And if you've never heard of it, it's something really, really unique. And it's an awesome way to help small business people that are trying to set up a business that work with either um, developing communities or are living in a developing community themselves. And basically how it works is you apply to be endorsed by the Small Business Association or by PayPal or by some sort of other large uh, corporation or organization. And then you get your own network of people to donate $25. Everybody's thing is a little bit different. Sure. We have to get 20 Depending people to on what donate it is. $25 to us. And then they match your donation. And they put you up and it's basically, it's just like crowdfunding. It's like micro lenders. Um, so we were able to start our business with, you know, $8,000 um, from micro lending from people all over the world that we never even met. And so it was wow. kind of a really interesting way into business. Um, I'm sure that was an experience, we, experience in of, of its own for sure. Especially yeah, being in New was, York City. It was, yeah, like just like the feeling of the community and people behind you and wanting to see different things was really inspiring. Uh, but that's how my candle business was born. Um, that's what I was just going to ask. Retail market. Yeah. So yeah, if you could so tell us a little we, bit about that, because that that one I'm really familiar with. So if you can tell us about yeah, that um, and where people can find sure. your stuff, that'd be great. Because I I think that stuff's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. So we were doing retail markets. We uh, mainly did two different markets. One was called Artisan Fleas and the other one. And that's pretty popular. They have them in Venice and they have them in Manhattan. It's kind of like, I don't, they don't have them in Austin, which I'm really, really surprised. And the first thing I did when I got here was like, I should contact Artisan Fleas and start a vendor thing. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to get out of markets. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, but I was like, I really want to, or- I, I, I would rather organize the market because when you organize the market, then you get paid <laughs> for your rent. When you are a vendor to market, you have great yeah. days and you'll have really bad days. Um, and just those really bad days sometimes can be not even financially disappointing, but really bad for the morale. But the one product that got us through were our candles. And when we started working with candles, we started just kind of doing it as a side project, but it was super funky, it was super unique. We used beeswax and I started buying beeswax from a guy that had hives in Manhattan on the top of the <laughs> rooftop building. Like, so I bought the beeswax. So my whole claim to That's fame solid. with my original line of candles were beeswax from Manhattan, oil from a faraway land. That was like my slogan, you know, like New York plus faraway land yeah, plus yeah. your happy place. It's yeah. So I was like, beeswax is super, super hard to work with. It's And also I 
I lost, I really wanted to work with beeswax because I thought it was different and it's very naturally air purifying. But then I wanted to move away from it. Not only is it very inconsistent in the scent throw, it's very difficult to work with. Um, and it also, it just, it has an animal product to it, which people in just in general, including myself, are just trying to stay away from. And I really didn't want to associate myself with anything that had to do with bees or anything like that, because, you know, there's a lot of environmental things about sure. them. So yeah, I wanted to shy away from that. So I decided, uh, but we did have a, an entire line of uh, beeswax candles. We were selling them on Etsy. That was kind of our first e-commerce venture that ended up being pretty successful. Are you all still doing um, that? Because I know that's something when yeah, we were we, discussing what you do, yeah, Etsy was... Um, yeah, we still have the Etsy shop. Um, but what we did with the candles, that it took us about a year to... People don't realize how much work goes into the back end of making candle recipes because every wax, every batch of wax, you know, wax in general comes from soy. However, most candles on the market, and this is what I really want everybody to know because it's really, really important, especially people who burn candles at home in their bathroom, they have kids, they have pets. Most candles, including the major brands, and I'm talking about the expensive brands too, are all made with petroleum wax. So they're made with paraffin wax, which is the last stop in the oil manufacturing process. Ooh, so the very last that. product that they get from petroleum is this paraffin wax. And the reason why people work with it is because it's very inexpensive and it'll take whatever scent you give it with a very limited amount of raw material. So I could probably get a great smelling candle with very little, um, I only use essential oils in mine. Most people would use a fragrance oil, but let's say you're making a candle with a fragrance oil and you use paraffin wax, it's going to give you a great consistent burn, but it's actually burning toxic fumes into your and I really feel that a lot of people don't know that and they definitely they not. Feel, and I really, I, I buy candles. I really feel it's kind of like, I buy candles all the time. Sorry to interrupt you, but because yeah, no. I, I try to like, I, I haven't ate, I haven't had meat in 12 years. Like I try not to associate myself with eating meat or animal stuff. Right. And I try to mm -hmm. use all clean things as well myself. And I buy yeah. candles all the time. And I did not know that. So that's really interesting to know. Yeah. I feel like now yeah, I'm so going to like, shift what I buy. For sure. So if that. you're going for a candle, you know, try to look for something that's 100% all natural soy wax, which is going to give you a clean burn, which is safe to breathe in. Because most people, when they like candles, unless it's like a citronella candle that's made for mosquito repellent, if like, you want to know what it's we usually <laughs> light them inside, yeah. right? With the windows closed, exactly. you want to enjoy the scent, right? So, um, so that's so that was something that was very super important to us, and you know, we make a very specific line of products now that is based with one main ingredient I call my liquid gold. It is my Palo Santo essential oil. And it is, um, I get it from Ecuador, which I have been traveling to since 2012. I fell in love with this little coastal community, um, more of, cause it was like, it's like a super cool, like party spot for a lot of European people <laughs> that go there and South American people. And I was partying there a lot. And I just kind of, as time grew, I started seeing different aspects of it that I really loved, like just, um, you know, talking about being like, you know, um, environmental, talk about being, you know, living with the land, respecting, you know, mother earth and sure. all of these things like, Na it's like nature in its best form, just, you know, it's not, they don't need to talk about it. It's like, they respect it because they have to, it's like, that's what they're living off of. 
And I just fell in love with this community. And to make a really long story super short, I ended up uh, meeting a developer from Miami in this really small town. And we ended up designing a house and building one there, which was completed in 2015. And we've been traveling back and forth, spending a couple of months there a year um, up until last year. And now because of COVID, we were supposed to have been there in June, but things have changed around and that's okay. Always a plan B. For sure. For um, sure. But uh, typically we're there for a couple months of the year. And that's where Maison Palo Santo was born really because we started hustling Palo Santo back and forth in our suitcase. Like just bringing like 10 kilos, you know, like 20, 25 pounds to sell on Etsy. I used to sell them a dollar a stick at my restaurants that I used to work out. And I, and I used to send, sell them on Etsy and anybody who was willing to learn about Palo Santo and listen to me, they would leave with a handful and I would leave with their $10. Like there was no telling me no with my Palo Santo and I would pay for my plane tickets back and forth for me and my husband. And we're like, wait a minute. And I'm like, people are loving this. And then I started experimenting with making the candles with just Palo Santo. And then I started incorporating them into my yoga practice. And that's kind of when like the three things in my brain just were like, like a little transformer. I was like, yes, this is the model that you need to follow. Like, and it just kind of all started organically coming together. And I created this line of Palo Santo candles that are not only make your zone like smell, it's like they're conversation starters. Like anybody that I give one to as a gift or something like, oh my God, when people come over to my apartment, to my house, they're like, what is that? What is that? It's super unique. Uh, it's air purifying and it's also spiritually cleansing. You know, the history well, I remember of you Alpha doing that in class. I, I didn't really know who yeah. you were in class. And for people who don't know, you are a yoga instructor and which I believe I mentioned before, but I wasn't really familiar with you. I was, I was going through my teacher training class and, and noticed who you were through that because I feel like we were always at the studio at the same time. And then yeah. I think I took a few, few of your classes. For me, when I'm in the classroom and someone's teaching and they have incense or something, like automatically I'm I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> because yeah. it, I know. And that's kind of like you care. Kind of a new thing, especially a core power. Yeah, yeah, it like, adds so much more to your experience because you're, especially at night, because I think I was coming to your night classes. So after work and yeah. having a busy day and taking the dog out and doing, you know, all of my worries and stresses coming down to my mat, just being released. And then I personally feel like associating a scent to a person is impactful. And that is what your class you and Monique are, are, were two of my favorite teachers when I was going there and, and going through my oh, teacher training. Amazing. But it matters is well, what I'm saying. Is yeah, I'm matter so glad to you people. said that. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to geek out over it too much, but you know, the olfactory <laughs> sense, which is our sense of smell, is our deepest connection to memory. Absolutely. And it's so important. And I just like make this comparison all the time. Like if you go to your grandma or grandpa's house and you open the door you smell it, right? Or if you go to your home, your childhood home, or if you all of a sudden smell like that tomato sauce from that restaurant that you had your anniversary dinner at the day you'll never forget or whatever it is, it instantly brings you back. And that's why I really feel like incorporating aromatherapy in any form into your existing self-care routine, whether that's bath time, meditation time, yoga time, reading time, cooking time, computer time, whatever it is, that space that you hold for yourself. When you incorporate aromatherapy and you incorporate a certain scent, you get deeper into your zone where you need to be into your zone of focus for your creativity, your clarity, for everything to really be at its top functioning level faster. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And as you do it more often. And so just like you said, like, you know, releasing all that onto your mat, it really does help. And I've just become such 
not just like not just a manufacturer of it anymore, but like now it's like I'm just obsessed with the whole concept of it. The oil that we use for the candles, it's really special because it's actually steam distilled under the cycles of the full moon. And so we start on the full moon and then it'll go for three days after and then it'll rest until the next full moon. And then that will be the oil that'll be bottled that will then be able to rest for another 30 days. Okay. And then yeah, I was we'll going to say about 30 days for something. Well, and kind of, kind of, um, kind of transitioning into the New York city to Austin, Palo Santo yoga, what really initiated that move from New York city to Austin. And now you're really heavily involved in your yoga practice here, as well as with these scents, how does all of that tie together and how have things been for you in the yoga community and Austin community as well? Yeah, for sure. Well, I got to tell you, you know, if you tell any New Yorker that it's time to leave New York, they'll probably look at you and say, you know, you're crazy, man. I'll never live somewhere else. Like this is my home. Like I'm used to it. Like there's just like, once you're there, it's kind of, you go other places and it's like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) You know, like when we go home, like, you know, other, unless it's like a, fantasy destination or a beach or somewhere exotic, you know, and I always had that kind of mentality. Um, and actually it was a friend of mine from New York that moved here and he's a DJ and, uh, he was the resident DJ, like oil can Harry's and rain, like all the gay clubs on fourth street. And I was talking to him on the phone one night and he was like, I love it in Austin. You would love it here. It is so amazing. And I had broken my foot um, in January, we were supposed to, we were in Ecuador for four months in September. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. From September of 2018 until January, 2019, I came back, I was visiting my mom and I fell down the stairs and I broke my foot and we were supposed to have gone back to Manhattan. We had a couple, we had a six month lease on this apartment on 43rd street, which was the neighborhood, uh, Murray Hill that I was living in before we left to go to Ecuador on that trip. And, um, I just wasn't going to happen. It was a four floor walk up it was the winter. Um, oh, it was God. a tiny little room. I was like, I can't with the no, I have two dogs. Yeah. Like it's just too much. I can't. And so we ended up staying with my mom for a couple of months and she has a big house in New Jersey. And so not far from the city. So that was cool. Um, and then my husband was like, okay, well, you know what, let's start looking for places to go. He was actually looking because he's a fluent Arabic and French speaker and I'm a fluent French and Spanish speaker. And we were looking for some like international jobs and we're like, let's look in Washington, DC, you know, do some translating, maybe get into whatever knows um, because I wasn't going to go back. I had left my restaurant job um, in August, right before we left to Ecuador, like one week before I decided that that was it. It was done and um, no hard feelings. I loved my experience, but I don't, you know, it was just time to move on and change and have more of like, you know, a daytime kind of life. Yeah. <laughs> Live yeah. during the day instead yeah. of only you get at night. So, yeah. And you get so yeah. caught up in all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So, which is why so wanted- we just used our friend's address. So basically to make a long story short, sorry to keep this running on is that we just use our friend address on our resume uh, for Austin. And my husband got a call back like the next day and he came here. He was living at the firehouse hostel, which ironically is like right down the block from where we live now because he wanted to check it out. And I was just like, you know what? I gave away all of my clothes. (laughs) The only thing that I, I gave away all of my furniture 
the only possessions that I have to my name are my inventory of Moroccan rugs that I still have and all of my artwork that I've collected over the years, which has been packed up and put in storage. I put my two dogs in a rental car with my two plants and I drove here and I got here with a backpack and I, I went to Four Power. I got here. I got here on June on June. 17th and I started at core power on June 19th and I just like I immediately like immersed myself into the core power community I immediately felt like I had friends I did the teacher training it was a huge transition in my world I had never done anything like that for myself and it just gave me the confidence the courage to pursue my business full-time which I was never able to do in Manhattan I never had the, the piece of mind to do that, uh, living in the city. And so I just loved it. And here, like, I, I love the vibe. Like I love that everything was like up and coming, you know, it took me a little while to get used to like people like talking to me a lot and like in the beginning, like being extra friendly in the beginning. It took me a while. I'm from Cleveland um, girl. I moved here from Cleveland. So I know I was like, like, when people were asking how my day was, when I checked out at the grocery store, I was like, please don't talk to me. Like, what do you need? I I'm know. not giving you $10. Again, <laughs> again, with how are you? Like, I'm fine. But, I was like, do I know you? Do I owe you money? Yeah, right. But I do want, so that's a pretty inspiring story and very positive. And I yeah. always ask my listeners. I love it. I always yeah, ask my listeners at the end of the interviews, what are some things or what is one positive affirmation or one positive thing that you can leave the listeners with? Well, I just want to leave the listeners with, with the positive affirmation that the only thing between you and whatever your goal is in your life is that burning desire because we have the capabilities to do anything and everything that we've ever wanted to do if we can get out of our own heads and pursue that dream and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because no matter how big or how small it is, you can. It is totally in your control. The only thing that we can control is how we think, how we approach life and how much effort we put in for ourselves because it's really easy to go to work and give yourself to others. We do it all the time, eight, nine, 10 hours a day without even thinking about it, we rush to get there, right? But when it's it's time to show up for ourselves, it can sometimes be even more challenging. So I just encourage everybody out there, everybody who's listening, who has any kind of goal, even if it's goal on the planet earth, it's not, it doesn't need to be small to you. You know, keep, keep, keep your focus on that. Keep your light on that and just keep going one step at a time. Cause eventually you'll get there. If you keep working at it, you will get there. I'm still working at my goals every day sure, That's a, and I won't, and I won't give up until I get there. So it's a lifelong Austin thing has uh, been a part of that. One thing that I, I want to leave people with building off of what you said and something I learned in yoga from one of the teachers is sometimes you just have to show up and suck. All that matters is that you showed up, you, you tried, you gave you best at the time and then you move forward. So on that note, I just really want to thank you so much for being with us today. I think a lot of your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. And I think you're very inspiring and you're such a kind person. And I'm I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much. And thank you. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for everything and all the energy and the positivity that you're spreading. We need it now more than ever. We need to hold each other up. There is a community out there. And especially if anybody's feeling like like lonely or like separated or isolated, like we're all here together. You know, we're all here together. So we, yeah, we are. And I'm sure on that note. Thank you. And I will, um, y'all Austin link into our bio for more information on where you can buy some of Mimi's products. All right. Thank you so much, Mimi Dara, for 
spending your time with us today. And that is going to wrap it up for us on Mindful Moments. Thank you so much, Austin. Until next time, be well, y'all. 